This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. We are starting our new series today. We're calling it The Choice is Yours. The Choice is Yours. We got some decisions to make, don't we? And so in this series, we're going to look at that. We're going to take this for about a month. And I want to start off this series, and I want us to remember this today, that our lives right now, everybody say right now. Our lives right now, they are the sum total of the choices we have made up until this point. Where you're at, at this place in your life, it's because of the decisions you've made in your life. And where you're going to be in the coming weeks, months, and years has to do with the decisions you make today and onward. And so we're going to talk about some choices that we need to make as Christians. And to begin today, I want everybody to just kind of like close your eyes just for a minute because we're going to pretend for a minute. Remember whenever you were a kid, you would say, let's play like. We're going to play like just for a minute. All right, close your eyes. And I want everybody to imagine that everyone likes you. And I mean everyone likes you. I want you to think and imagine that everyone approves of everything you do. I want you to imagine that anytime you say something, everyone just agrees with you. And they're like, yes, that's exactly right. Now open your eyes. It ain't going to happen. It'll never happen. That's reality, right? But now for us as believers, I want us to imagine that we're not consumed with what other people think. We're not consumed with what they think because we're focused on pleasing God. Let's imagine that. Because that's really what we need to be focused on. We need to be focused on the God-given purpose and not the opinions of others. And we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to go ahead and preface this by saying I am preaching to Gino today because this is a struggle I have. It's a struggle that I have and most people deal with. But it is possible, though, to be able to focus on pleasing God and not pleasing others. It's what God wants for us. Uh, Too often people, and I'm even talking about Christians, they go to others seeking approval. Okay, They, they either want people to like what they've done or they also solicit feedback at times. So, you know, you you see these type of people that are like, do you like me? Do you like what I'm wearing? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I study this? Should I study that? Is it okay that I do this? Is it okay that I talk with them? Is it okay that I'm friends with them? Should I date this person or should I not? Should I live in this neighborhood? What would people think if I drove this car? You know what I'm talking about. We're so concerned with what they think Or at times we want to know what they think before we move so that we make the right decision based on their opinion. If you really start to think about it, isn't that kind of messed up? Isn't it unhealthy? But as Christians, we seem to do it, and really it's just all human beings, but we fall for it even as Christians. Before long, we're just living for the approval of other people is what we're doing, and we want to fit in and we want to measure up. That's no way to live. That's no way to live. And and the truth is, is for the approval of others, I want y'all to think about this. We will do things that we don't want to do. Come on now. We will feel pressure to do things that we don't want to do, whether we just don't want to do it because we don't find it enjoyable or whether it's pressure like we're doing things that we know that God would not approve of. 
So we will do things that we don't want to do for the approval of others. We will wear clothes that don't even fit us properly, feel comfortable, or we don't like the look of it for the approval of others. We'll buy things that we can't afford for the approval of others. There's times whenever we ain't got the money, any extra money in the bank account, and we'll go finance a certain vehicle because it's a hot vehicle right now. And because other people got them. And because we want to look like the other soccer moms or whatever it is that's going on and have this SUV or whatever it is. Dave Ramsey actually talks about we will go into debt to impress the person at the stoplight next to us who we don't even know. Now that's stupid, ain't it? But we'll do it. We will absolutely do it. So today's decision, today's choice that we have, our choice is between purpose and popularity, purpose and popularity. Now today we need to just go ahead and just to ourselves declare, listen, I'm choosing purpose over popularity today. Can we all just say that to ourselves? Come on, I'm just choosing purpose over popularity today. I thought as we kind of dig into this, if you don't know the purpose of something, it's very easy to misuse it. Have y'all ever picked up a tool and you're like, what is this for? I was going through all my dad's tools here recently, and there were some things that I'm not exactly sure what they do. He had a, a ton of random stuff that I was just kind of going through. And the problem is, is that if you don't know the purpose, you will often misuse it. Like, no, it's not meant to do that. You can maybe kind of sort of do this with it, but it's not meant to do that. You want to know the best way to find the purpose of something? You ask the creator of it. Now let's think about our lives. If you're not sure what you're supposed to do, then you need to see what your creator has for you to do. Yeah. See, why did he make Gene? Why did he make Regina? Uh, why did he make Jane or Larry or, or, or Bobby or Bobby? Why did he make you? Because he has a purpose for you. Everybody say, he's got a purpose for me. He created you with a divine purpose. And I want you to get this today. Living for the approval of others keeps us from the purpose God created for us. That's what it does. Whenever we're consumed with what people think, we tend to forget about and not concern ourselves with what God thinks about us, which is completely backwards. And it keeps us from living out our purpose. Now, in the Old Testament, we see this uh, guy named Moses. Y'all have heard of Moses, right? He brought God's people out of Egypt. In case you didn't know, he was technically born a Hebrew slave, but he was actually raised by Egyptian royalty. He was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And in Hebrews 11, which is kind of like the Hall of Fame chapter for the heroes of the faith, whenever you look at Hebrews 11, starting in verse 24, it says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He, what? Chose. He had a choice. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, Rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Y'all, that is rich right there. He chose to be mistreated. He chose to take the hard road because ultimately what he saw was, was of greater value and he was looking ahead for his reward. So we're going to talk about purpose just for a minute. 
Now, I honestly think that people often overthink the word purpose. And y'all know I preach on purpose on a regular basis, but we're going to kind of break it down today. I think people often think of purpose as this big thing, like purpose, like all caps, big thing, purpose, right? And so whenever you, you think about it, you're thinking about like, for instance, I have to be a missionary. I have to be somebody like Ben Carson, like who's this, you know, influential person who was a, a doctor or whatever. Maybe you're thinking like, I need to be Tim Tebow, somebody that really gets the attention of others and can be a positive influence. I want you to know it's not that. There are those people out there, like I just mentioned. But I think whenever we think about the word purpose, we don't need to overthink it like this. We need to almost think about it like lowercase purpose. Like our, just the purpose that God has for me and not look at everybody else. Because we don't need to be concerned about everybody else and we don't need to try to look like everybody else. Somebody say amen. amen. We need to kind of stay in our lane, if you will. We need to look at what God's got for us. So, so purpose, if you will, like for today, purpose for the moment, purpose whenever you get to speak into somebody's life and whenever you get to bless them, purpose whenever God gives you a word for somebody who just really desperately needs some encouragement and you're faithful to do it, purpose to serve in the local church because the word talks about we're a body of Christ and we come together and we do work to change the world. Come on now. So I'm not talking about you having to be a pastor and you having to be a missionary or you having to be somebody who cures cancer. I'm talking about your just day-to-day -day purpose. Again, don't overthink it. But I want to give you a good example. Rhonda Carlton and her husband, William Carlton. How many of y'all love this couple over here? Come on now. <clears throat> if you're kind of new to the church, uh, just real quick, I, I want to give um, just a quick history of them. In 2007, Regina and I were, were doing youth ministry here, and uh, we've always said if you need a seminar on how to kill a youth ministry, call us because we, we can give you some case studies. <laughs> it's not my gifting. With that said, my father-in-law was doing some work in Canton. He's in the gas and oil business or used to do leasing and that sort of stuff, and he was doing projects with William and Rhonda. They've known each other for a long time, and and Keith had heard that they were living in Mount Olive, so he was coming up to do some work, stopped by there. Keith was going to come to church here, tells them about church. They came, and we haven't been able to run them off ever since. Um, I've often told my father-in-law, I owe you a big finder's fee for this couple over here because they've been such a blessing to the church. But, but Rhonda's a mother of the house. She's just one of those mothers. And Rhonda, I, I promise, I, I, just, I had this thought five minutes before service, so this was not planned. It's not my notes. But I want you to, let's, let's talk about this purpose thing, okay? So whenever you look at this couple, Rhonda's an encourager. Uh, Rhonda's big into hospitality. Um, so for instance, we've had couples that, you know, when it, or families, whenever you go through a loss or this or that, Rhonda's the one that assembles the team and, and they go and they just bless you and they get around you and they feed you and they do all that kind of stuff. How many of you know that's comforting and that's a blessing and, and, and that's needed? Uh, in addition to that, she helps with the kids and stuff, and, and she's just an awesome human being. And then you've got William, who is also using the gifts that God's given him. William's a businessman and is part of our board of directors and, and helps around the church as well. And so you look at, at this couple right here, and they're not making their purpose anything bigger than what it needs to be. The truth is, is they're just using those natural abilities that God's given them. William's got a business head, so he's serving the church, right? Rhonda's got a heart to just 
love on others and, and she's a phenomenal cook. And, and so she's using those giftings to just do hospitality. And I want to speak to you right now and just tell you you're doing exactly what God called you to do. And you don't, like, go back to this big slide. Um, you could actually say, that's already you, Rhonda. And that's already you, William. It's just doing what God's called you to do and using the gifts that he's given you. Don't overthink it. Somebody say, don't overthink it. And so whenever we think about Purpose. Let's think about that lowercase purpose. What's God called you to do, to do today? And be faithful to represent him and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And what you're going to find is it's going to get easier and easier and easier. And the Holy Spirit's just going to kind of nudge you that he's going to you know, show you how you can use your abilities and your giftings and that sort of thing to really make an impact for the kingdom of God. Come on now. That's what he's going to do. You know, whether you're a musician, whether you're a photographer, whether you're um, you know, somebody who's, who's got a business head on you. I mean, before I was ever in this role, my gifting was church administration. And it was a big part of what this church does because there's the ministry side. And then, unfortunately, there has to be, if you will, the business side of it, right? And this has to be in order or else the lights don't get paid and we don't have a building to meet in, right? Right, so it all works together. So whatever your gifting is, it all comes together. But we need to think about that, on our Dream Team shirts, you see that it says on the back that, that we make a difference. And whenever we all do work together, whenever we've got the hospitality end working together, whenever we've got the administrative end working together, whenever we've got this working together, we've got the kids working together, and everything's working together, then I want you to know lives are being changed and a difference is being made. How many of you can say that, like I mentioned, 2022 was a phenomenal year how many of y'all can say that last year y'all were blessed at Church Alive, right? I mean, because you came back, right? So that was a mediocre applause. Thank you. Um, but, you know, you keep coming back, so apparently you're receiving something. And it's because this house is working together and lives are being changed. And no matter what you're doing, it's part of it and it's you serving that purpose right there. And so God's got that for you. So... We see this with Moses, but, but our first thing today I want you to get is that purpose diminishes distractions. Purpose diminishes distractions. One of the biggest distractions for all of us is comparison. We look at where people live. We look at who they married. We look at what kind of money they make. We look at what they drive. We look at what their uh, kids are up to. Comparison. Maybe you're younger and you're in school, you look at what people major in, you look at what they're wearing, just simple things like that. And I want you to know that I deal with this as a pastor, okay? I deal with this as a pastor. I mean, it's easy to look at another church and compare what they're doing. You know, in McGee, God's blessed this church. There's, a, there's churches bigger than us and there's a lot of churches smaller than us and we've got some good stuff happening here, amen? And so I've got to focus on what God's called Gino and Church Alive to do and not be distracted with what other churches are doing, right? And, and, and if I were to just really be transparent with you, whenever I was down in, in Cuba, because what's going on down there is completely different from this, and I even heard the enemy telling me, while I'm doing missions work, you're doing it wrong, Gene, because you start comparing what others are doing. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, no, you're doing what I've called you to do. Keep doing it. Because if I don't keep blinders on, right? If I don't keep blinders on, if I just start drifting this way and the Lord's, 
you know, the Lord wants us to end up down here, then I don't want to take us over here because what, what I'm doing then is going to start to fall apart because it's not in line with what he wants me to do. But we compare ourselves whenever we need to be focused on pleasing him and not pleasing others. We don't need to be worried about what they think about. And his purpose for you is unique in the same way that we have a unique purpose for this church. But it diminishes distractions. A really good example of this is Nehemiah. I mentioned him last week, ironically, but he was perfect for this uh, situation right here. And I want you to think about this. Uh, I said last week that Nehemiah was upset that the walls and the gates of Jerusalem were all torn up. The temple was being rebuilt, and he said, listen, we've got to be able to protect it. We've got to be able to protect the city. So there was this holy, almost like holy anger that rose up in him. And he was just determined, I am going to be part of the solution to fix what's important. By the way, whenever you kind of have that, if you will, holy anger, and I don't mean like anger, anger, but you know that something has got to be done attitude about this because this is the right thing to do, that's a really good sign that, that's part of your purpose, right? That's part of, whenever you're really passionate about something like that, that's a really good sign. So, so he goes, and as we know, he gets the favor uh, of the king, and he goes over there, and he's working on it. But, but guess what? All of a sudden, there's some distractions. There's some distractions. There's a guy by the name of Sanballat, and he's got his goon with him. But Sanballat was just giving him a hard time. And he's insulting him. He's making fun of him. And the reason was is because he didn't want that wall to get built. And so he was trying to distract him. He was trying to keep him from getting the work done that God had called him to do. And the enemy will want to distract us at times, right? But, but Nehemiah says this. He says, listen, I'm doing a good work and, and I can't stop. I can't come down right now. He was focused on his purpose and he didn't allow the distractions to take place. Somebody say he was focused. He was focused on what he was meant to do. But he said, I can't come down right now. And I want you to understand, people are at times going to distract you. Life is going to try to distract you. But you got to stay focused on what God's called you to do. On what he's called you to do. Once again, show of hands, has anybody been blessed here at Church Alive? For all of you that serve, I want you to just take note that pretty much every hand was up. Can we all just declare today, we're going to throw it on the screen, that we're doing a great work. Hit that next slide. Come on, can we say this together? Let's say, we're doing a great work. And we can't stop. Now say it like you mean it. We're doing a great work. And we can't stop. We're doing a great work. And we can't stop. Because let me tell you something, lives are hanging in the balance. There are people that need Jesus. There are people that need to be set free. There are people who have marriages and families that are falling apart. There are people with teenagers that, that they don't have any Christian friends and they need some good influences, so they need to get in the youth group. They need kids in children's ministry. They need, you know, some marriage help. We got to keep doing our great work, Amen. And we can't get distracted by what the enemy's throwing at us. We got to keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. But I want you to know this can also apply to things in our life that aren't necessarily spiritual as well. And I just want to encourage you today. So for instance, maybe you're at a place to where you want to get out of debt and you're sacrificing. 
That is good, okay? Just so you know. And there are times whenever people might say, come on, come do this with us. Listen, you're doing a great work. Keep at it. Stay on the right road. If you want to get out of debt, then I totally encourage it. Keep at it. Amen? Amen. You know, if, if you're really trying to um, spend more time with your family, and so maybe you have to limit some activities that your kids are doing, and you kind of got to streamline your life and make it simpler, it, might, it may not be popular, but keep on doing it because you know it's for the best. Whatever the situation is, if, if you're just trying to, uh, you know, get a little bit healthier with what you're eating and everybody says, come on, let's go get a blizzard. Although I feel like the Lord is often in blizzards. <laughs> keep on doing it. Or, well, no, don't keep on getting blizzards. <laughs> keep on eating healthy. Keep on eating healthy. Keep doing the right thing. So let's remember, purpose diminishes distractions in our lives. Amen. Secondly, purpose pushes us through the pain. Purpose pushes us through the pain. It keeps us moving forward whenever things are, are tough. Uh, the reality is, is that the pathway to your purpose is going to involve lots of inconvenience and it's going to involve pain. It's going to hurt. Life's not going to be perfect. But, but I want you to know whenever you're doing what he's called you to do, it's going to be worth it in the end. We see this in the word with Moses. We see it in the word with David. We see it in the word with Joseph, with Esther, with the mother of Jesus, and of course, Jesus himself. And the enemy, as well as people, um, they're going to resist you a lot of times whenever you're in the will of God. And many won't like what you're doing or the fact that you've changed your focus. You will often lose friends whenever you're doing what God's called you to do. But I want you to know it's better that you're a friend of God and lose some of those friends than to focus on them. Come on, somebody. Uh, but, but there's a greater value and reward in serving God's purpose rather than living for the approval of others. Whenever we moved here to start this church, my dad was doing very well financially, and, and he knew that God called us here to start the church. And dad really wasn't in love with the idea of coming back here because whenever he left here, he was a different person than whenever he returned. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of you know people are good at reminding you of your past, right? And so, you know, he dealt with some opposition. He dealt with some pain. I mean, he came back and, and we were broke and he had people, you know, saying, you're going to pastor a church. And he had people telling him, y'all, there's enough churches here already. Why are you starting another church? Because it's what God has called us to do. And thankfully, Dad focused, come on now, he focused on what was ahead of him and what God called him to do and not what people said, not on the opposition. As a matter of fact, once we got back here, he actually had a great job offer to get back into what he was doing, but he stayed focused on what God called him to do. But there's going to be some pain involved in it. Jesus went through so much pain for us. Hebrews 12, 2 says, it was for the joy. Somebody say the joy. The joy that was set before our Savior that he endured the cross, that he endured the cross because let me tell you something, he knew the end result, the reward, which was you and me. He endured it. So he went through the pain. He went through the beating. He went through the ridicule. He went through receiving nails in his hands and in his wrists and he did it for you. But resistance from people is going to come whenever we're walking in our purpose. But I want you to know this. It's usually confirmation that you're doing the right thing. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if I didn't have resistance on a regular basis, I'd start to wonder if I'm doing the right thing. Right? 
I mean, if I don't ruffle some feathers on a regular basis, then I'm probably not doing the right thing. Because the enemy shouldn't be real happy with what Gino is doing, right? Ideally. And so he's probably not going to be happy with what you're doing. So you're going to get some resistance at times. But I want you to know, stay focused and it'll help you push through the pain that you experience. Again, you know something greater is down the road in the same way that Jesus did. And y'all, we all... We all have the privilege of coming together because we know that whenever we do this and whenever we're doing kingdom work and whenever we're walking in our purpose that lives are going to be changed. We're all going to stand before God, but I, I, I want you to understand this. So many of you, whenever you stand before God, God's going to just start to tell you what you did to change lives and you had no idea. For instance, people that got saved this last week, you know, it'll be part of Whenever you stand before God, thank you for giving that allowed that work in Cuba to get done that brought these people into the kingdom of God. So you didn't think about that, did you? So we stay focused on what he's called us to do. Number three, purpose empowers us to please God. Pharaoh tried to stop Moses, and then you've got the people who began to complain, they began to criticize, they began to rebel, but Moses stayed looking ahead at what God had for him to do. He stayed focused. A story I love in Acts 4 and 5 is you've got uh, the religious leaders that tell Peter and John, as well as the other apostles, they said, listen, stop talking about that name. Stop talking about Jesus. Now, these guys had already been beaten, they had already been jailed, and then they were threatened. Like, you better... Stop talking about the name of Jesus. Well, they weren't compliant. <laughs> they were not compliant whatsoever. Like I said, they had already been beaten. They had already been put in jail. And whenever you look at Acts 4.29, and some of y'all just need to jot that down or go underline it real quick. These guys had just gotten out of jail. They go, they're celebrating with their friends, and it says that they prayed for even more boldness. The boldness that they had just got them whooped, put in jail, and threatened. And they said, God, give us, give us more boldness. Give us more boldness. Because they were more about pleasing God, come on now, than they were about pleasing others. They were more about pleasing God than they were pleasing man, than the religious leaders. And so they said, God, just give us even more boldness. And it's interesting that the religious leaders said, we don't want you to mention that name. Why is it people get worked up about that name? You can mention Muhammad. You can mention a higher power, but they don't want to hear the name of Jesus, do they? The name of Jesus gets people stirred up. But, but once again, Acts 5.29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. We must obey God rather than human beings. They wanted to please God, not man. Amen? And, and again, we're often so concerned with what other people think about us. And, and why do we work so hard? Why is it that we work so hard to try to please people, imperfect people, many of which aren't Christians, many of which are broken, many of which have been through so much, but we try to get their approval. I want you to know today, we can't please everybody, but we can please God. Come on, let's all say it together. We can't please everyone but we can please God. Amen, amen. Listen, whenever we obey him, whenever we walk 
in the plan and the purpose that he has for us, we please him. And whenever we do that, we change lives as a result. Amen? We change those who, we change the lives of those, even those broken people that we talked about just a second ago. Listen, there are broken people that they're looking for the answer. Good news is, is we have it, don't we? We have the answer that they need. And they can live a life that's fulfilled after they come to know Jesus. Rather than trying to please others, let's be part of, of making an eternal difference in the lives of others. We just simply have to say yes to what he's asked us to do. To simply say yes. We want to live to please God so that lives can be changed. Amen. You know, I want to get to a place to where even whenever I do things that, that some people will be like, you know, um, Gene, that's not normal. And whenever I say this, you know, that I'm just so out front to tell people about Jesus. Come on now. How many of you know, so many times you want to share Jesus with somebody, but the enemy's telling you, you're going to look, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb if you do that. But I want to get to that place where there's never, ever, ever, ever any shame in doing it. And that as soon as the enemy says, you shouldn't, I'll say, no, 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 I have to. I want to encourage somebody today. People want to hear from you. I've never had anybody tell me that I can't pray for them. Everybody needs prayer. Everybody wants prayer. But again, Hebrews eleven twenty six. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value. Everybody say greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking ahead to his re reward. Being liked by people is fine, but being loved by God is most important. Having fun with friends, young people, it's fine, but, but being faithful to God is most important. Being comfortable, it's very tempting, but there's no beating a life that's lived with purpose. Being popular is fine, but, but doing what God's called us to do, it's most important. Amen. If you will, stand up with me today. I want to encourage you to, maybe you're, you're dealing with some of these other not so spiritual things, like for instance, getting out of debt. I want to encourage you, keep moving forward, amen? Maybe you're training your kids and you're raising your kids and you feel like you're doing things differently than other people. Stick with it. Come on now, we're dealing with that right now. Stick with it. Your kids may stick out a little bit, but I think down the road you're going to be happy that you did it differently, amen? I think you're going to be happy, so stick with it. Whenever it comes to living for Jesus, some of your friends may not understand. They may even give you a hard time for coming to church alive. <laughs> I know nobody's ever had that happen. Just keep on moving forward with what God's called you to do. Amen? So as we begin, our lives right now are the sum total of the choices we make. And, and today we choose what purpose over popularity. We choose purpose over popularity. If you will, just bow your heads today. <clears throat> Father, we want you to be happy with us.
Lord, more than people. Father, we want you, whenever you see what we're doing, God, to, to be pleased. And Father, today, I just speak over everyone here. But Lord, for those that, that are moving in the direction of what you've got them to do, that, Lord, they just continue, Lord, fulfilling that purpose for their life. God, I want to speak blessings over everyone here, Father, who serves. Lord, thank you for the difference that they're making in the lives of people. God, there's just testimonies, Lord. Even as we saw hands raised earlier, Lord, we've all been blessed because of what you're doing at this house. But Lord, we need to take it outside of these walls. And we need to just go ahead, Father, and start to make an impact in our neighborhoods, Father, in our schools, Lord, at our workplace. And so, Father, I speak that right now. Lord, for those who maybe are not quite sure what it is that you've got for them to do, Holy Spirit, just start to reveal to them what that is. And Father, I just speak that they're going to start, Lord, the next steps in accomplishing that, Father, that you've called them to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, can somebody say amen today? Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.